All right, Dan Panico, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Suffolk County and uh, Brookhaven Town Chair Jesse Garcia uh, placed into nomination Mr. Panico as the town's next supervisor of the annual Brookhaven Republican Convention uh, held over at the, uh, what was it, the Court in Marriott, I believe, in Ronkonkoma. And uh, Dan's name uh, second by Ed Romaine, who, by the way, is running for Suffolk County Executive. And uh, well done there. And uh, Dan, of course, currently serves as the town's deputy supervisor and councilman. And that's the district, I think it's number six, if I have that correct, sixth district. And uh, the aforementioned Dan Panico, nice enough to give us a couple of minutes. I haven't spoken to Dan in a while. Always great having him on, though. Uh, Dan, congratulations, my friend. Thank you, Jane. Good morning. Good having you. Um, You know, to me, this was kind of a no-brainer. Because, you know, your vision, your experience leading the town forward, a lot of challenges ahead. I don't think uh, it could be in better hands than you, my friend. Oh, I appreciate that. And, you know, we've had a lot of success in the town of Brookhaven. I was elected in March of 2010. I've been the deputy supervisor uh, since 2012, working with uh, Supervisor Romaine. But we plan on building on our successes in the town. We've kept taxes. Uh, below the tax cap, we have a beautiful park system. We've made quality of life concerns the hallmark uh, of what we do in Brookhaven. We do the job we were elected to do. Uh, far too often in elected office, you get people who get elected and they sort of you know work toward their next position. Everyone in the town of Brookhaven is focused on doing uh, the job of local government, and that's important because. You know, where the rubber meets the road, we are the closest to the people. The people call our office. And, you know, why we've been overwhelmingly reelected is because we do the job that's necessary to ensure that, you know, our local communities and the issues are addressed right away. And one of those issues that we're going to address, you were talking about in your former, uh, your prior segment, is the governor's very ill-conceived housing plan. It's just, uh, it's unbelievable. It really is. Uh, and listen, I don't care if you're a Democrat, a Republican, a Libertarian. I mean, you got to be completely outraged uh, over this whole thing. And, you know, when I think of you, I think of you spearheading the most aggressive crackdown on illegal housing and blighted structures in the history of the town. You know, you've been all about protect, protecting and preserving quality of life uh, in so many neighborhoods. And then you bring up the whole governor thing with the zoning and everything else that could affect. It, it's just unbelievable. It really is there. Well, it, it is, it's uh, unbelievable is the word because it, it's so ill-conceived. And when you, you know, when you know land use zoning and planning and you know the law, uh, the way I do, you realize how ill-conceived the governor's plan is. And if you give me a couple of minutes, I-, I could explain why the plan will never work from a legal perspective, from a practical perspective. And it, it, it's, it's impossible to drop a pen at a train station, draw a half-mile circle uh, around that pen, and say with some magic wand that violates New York State secret law, violates New York State municipal home rule, that the state is going to grant 20 or 25 units per acre. It cannot happen, and I'll explain to you why. And the, the lack of sewer infrastructure in Suffolk County makes it impossible.
possible. Now, the governor can say that she's going to make $250 million available statewide for sewer infrastructure. And for your listeners, uh, they need to know that, you know, you simply just can't build vertically and build these big apartment complexes because all of the effluent coming out of these buildings from people living inside the buildings needs to go somewhere. You can't build it on septic and cesspool. You need a sewage treatment plant to pump the effluent to to be treated under the Suffolk County Health Department code. So unless she's going to violate the code, which I don't think there's any chance that could happen, sewer infrastructure is very expensive. So for the governor to say that she's going to make $250 million available statewide, let me put this into perspective for you, Jay, and also for your listeners. The Forge River uh, sewage treatment plant, which has been approved, is under construction, phases one and two in the Massachusetts area. That one sewage treatment plant costs $232 million. After it's built out, it only has 80,000 gallons left available. That's how expensive sewer infrastructure is. So how far do you think that $250 million is going to go statewide when this one sewage treatment plant is $232 million? It's illusory. The entire plan does not work in an area that is not, does not have the sewer infrastructure necessary to support such housing. But in the town of Brookhaven, we've repeatedly said, and you speak to people in the Long Island Builders Institute, You speak to developers who are working to redevelop our downtowns in Brookhaven. They'll tell you that Brookhaven is getting it done. It's the lack of sewer infrastructure and money uh, that needs to be there that the governor should be helping with. And whether that is the $4 billion bond act that was passed, whether that is the governor advocating in Washington for some of the uh, federal infrastructure money to come down, that's what the governor should be doing instead of trying to trample on the well-established local control and zoning uh, powers that are vested in villages and towns. It is it's antithetical to getting anything done. If they really tried to push this, number one, they can't put the effluent anywhere. They don't have the money to get it done. But let's take the Massac Shirley train station, an area where there is, I represent where there are small lots. The, if you just buy up a couple lots, number one, those lots, are expensive. Number two, the any development would have to go vertical. When you get over a certain amount of stories, you got to build at a seal. You got to put elevators in. Now, obviously, any tall development at on a couple lots, and they are small lots, would look like the Central Park Tower. It would be so bizarre and not in keeping with the character of the community that it could be challenged simply on that under secret. But number two. Just because you're living next to a train station on Long Island doesn't mean you're not going to have a vehicle. Everyone who lives in that building is going to have a vehicle because this is Long Island. We have infrastructure that only goes east and west when it comes to trains. People need to get around the island. So you've got to park all of these cars somewhere. And when you have to park, you meet reasonable parking calculations, you either have to put the parking underground, build a parking garage, again, extremely expensive so building out of steel doing everything necessary under the state building code finding parking for all these cars it doesn't add up it can't be affordable it'll be unaffordable and that's you know that's why it's it's so upside down what the governor 
is doing, that it's, it's going to fail. And now what she has done, which is something that people like to see, she's put Republicans and Democrats together in solidarity against her plan. And I think that's universal just from your, uh, your last speaker and from everyone I speak to in Suffolk County, regardless of political party, people are united against the governor's plan. And by doing this for the second time around now, she's not getting anything done. We're not actually helping people because it's, it's little more than inflammatory rhetoric. You explained it tremendously. I mean, Dan just gave you incredible examples. It'll never work. A, not enough money. Whatever the heck she's proposing, she put a number out there, quarter of a billion, not enough. 232 massive surely alone. Dan just told you. And of course, the park it. Park it. See, a lot of people don't think about that. What happens to all the cars? <laughs> what do you do with it? You ever go to a Ronkonkwa train station? Crying out loud. I mean, what do you do with the cars? Do you build millions and millions of dollars? You put in garages and stuff like Ronkonkwa? I mean, come on. And you know what's interesting? She's on, I believe she's in Patchogue today. I believe she is. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. It completely clueless as far as how Long Islanders live their lives. That's what it comes down to. Is it because she lost as far as the county is concerned or election? Who knows? You can only think of this stuff, right? But completely. Uh, I, you know, I, I hope that's not it. Other people I have suggested such. But it's, you know, even, you know, being in Patrick, I think it'll be illustrative for her. She should speak to the, uh, speak to the mayor, speak to the folks from Tritech, whom we've approved projects for. You know, we have so many downtowns. We're working in Port Jeff Station uh, with Terry Stoller from Stoller Associates. We're working with Charles Leftwood uh, up in Port Jeff Station as well. Uh, we're working with Beachwood down in Mastic Beach. We have genuine projects that we want to get going. We work with the county of Suffolk and uh, the folks in their, in their sewer agency, but we need the infrastructure money. We will solve the problem by doing it appropriately using our existing local zoning if we had the sewer infrastructure to transform our antiquated downtowns into vibrant places that people want to be. And, you know, to say that, you know, and to have our supporters say that in some manner which the town or uh, is, is being obstinate or other towns are being obstinate, the only thing the towns are doing are respecting their uh, and preserving their zoning rights and representing the people they were elected to serve. That is what people on Long Island are doing. And the more and more the governor digs in uh, on this issue, uh, I think, you know, especially for members of, uh, of my political party, I think you're going to see a watershed moment uh, this November because people have had it with the heavy hand of state government, uh, you know, basically trying to tell them what to do. And it's, it's universal. Uh, you could speak to anyone, your, your former uh, uh, legislator that was on the prior segment, talk to anyone. You'd find few and far between anyone who supports this plan because it's not going to be affordable. Because when you throw everything into the mix, the cost of land acquisition, the cost of construction, Everything that's necessary, the parking that we mentioned, it can't be affordable. What you're going to have is uh, bizarre-looking vertical towers in residential communities, potentially. 
even if you have the sewer uh, capacity. It's just it, 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 there's a reason why this is never done, because it doesn't make sense. And the more the governor pushes it, uh, the more resistance I think she's going to find. And there is no common sense when it comes to this type of stuff. There's just not. And again, no, I, I haven't met, I haven't talked to one person that is going along with this thing. So it just doesn't make sense at all. We're talking with Dan Panico, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us. Uh, he is the Brookhaven GOP nominee uh, for the town supervisor's post uh, in Brookhaven. Of course, Ed Romaine jumps into the county exec race as far as a nominee there, GOP. Uh, and conservative. Uh, Dan, so, you know, we talk about uh, all the good work you have done, great work you've done regarding the crackdown on the illegal housing and everything else. Um, but you also uh, authored, if I have it correct, some of the landmark legislation, tax cap, uh, anti-nepotism laws, sweeping ethics reforms. That's all part of the panical resume. Uh, and I'll tell you, we remember it well. And, uh, you know, there's a lot out there regarding this stuff that you're right on top of as far as your capacity. Talk about that. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. We passed the tax cap uh, before the state passed the state uh, tax cap. Uh, I passed an anti-nepotism law in the town because, you know, a lot of the problems you, you come into uh, at times is that in, in, in certain times in our history, uh, government, in many ways, uh, was treated like a family business. And, you know, you know I'm not from a, a family that is a, uh, a political family. Uh, the the pinnacle left name is not one that people know from uh, politics. There's nothing wrong with, you know, people who, uh, you know, who do have that lineage. Uh, however, you know, it, it should not be that you simply um, get hired uh, at the town just because of your, your last name. And when it comes to ethics reform, uh, you know, political uh, executive committee members and political chair people, uh, we've passed uh, laws that they should not be in certain positions on uh, in-town government. People want to know that the people who are there are, you know, working for, you know, what they need and not necessarily for political needs. And, uh, you know, to me, it was common sense. It passed overwhelmingly. And it, it's part of what we need more and more uh, in our government across all levels is that, you know, people want you to work for them uh, and not necessarily uh, for politics. And you should, you know, take away even the appearance of uh, political maneuvering. Uh, and you should, you know, try to in every day restore people's faith that their government is working uh, for them. And I think it's very important. It's, it's, it's the manner in which I am going to run uh, my campaign. I have a record, as you uh, as you mentioned, uh, that I'm very proud of, and I plan on uh, campaigning across this entire town uh, on that record. When it comes uh, to the environment, I am extremely pro environment. I believe that you know I- I've seen the uh, the planning, and I've seen the development and uh, the patterns that have occurred from west to east. You know, like I said, I grew up in. Uh, Massive Beach. I graduated from William Floyd High School. And the work I'm doing with regard to zoning, uh, simply along the Massive Shirley Business Corridor, you can see if you're from the area or if you know the area, what haphazard unplanned development has brought up through that uh, business corridor. And turning back the hands of time is, is very, very difficult. Uh, we've been able to have great successes uh, in the area. And part of that uh, is 
calling directly, calling to the landowners, calling to the business owners, bringing them in for meetings, and helping them uh, get you know vacancies to occupied, and helping them with our code uh, make their businesses more successful. And that's what I plan to do uh, on a now much bigger level uh, as town supervisor. It's you know it's doing the job you were elected to do, and and making sure that people know that you're working in a nonpartisan fashion to try to achieve the best results for every resident of Brookhaven, regardless of who they are, regardless of what they believe. A lot of people know Dan because he was a pioneer in the areas of land use and zoning and planning and preventing overdevelopment. Overdevelopment, I think there's a lot of fear out there. You know, you can preserve open space, Dan Pentacle, while promoting economic development at the same time, talking about some of the local businesses in the downtown areas. You know, you can do both, you know, and and, and sometimes people don't think that way, you know. It, you know, we we work with uh, we work with landowners. You know, most recently, we picked up 152 acres uh, north of Virgin's Middle Island Road in Manorville, uh, and it was property that was in common ownership with another uh, development that was approved. And that development is the AVR Boulevard uh, development north of the expressway on the west side of William Boyd Parkway. So the developer had the right uh, to build uh, some office space in that development. However, he wanted to switch his um, his side plan. So what we did was we sat down and said, hey, hey, this is where it makes sense to develop. Instead of simply allowing everything to be plowed under and developed, we were able to get 152 acres of property that's going to remain preserved. And we shifted the uh, development to property that was already approved for development. The developer was happy. The town was happy. The taxpayer, certainly, because they don't have to spend the capitalized cost of buying that 152 acres of property. The taxpayer is happy. And we've done that, you know, by working proactively with uh, developers, by working proactively with property owners. We ensure that not everything has to be developed. uh, And we preserve property for the environment, for future generations. And we remain, we keep the uh, suburban qualities of why we live here. And that's going to be a big part of uh, what's going to unfold this November. It's a battle for suburbia. People want to see their downtowns redeveloped. They want to see their zoning respected. You know, the single family home is, for many people, the biggest investment they have. They care about their children. They care about their schools. And they care about the character of the community in which they live. Many of us uh, have ancestors, family, parents that moved from Nassau, moved from Queens to come out here for a higher quality of life and for a less congested way of life. And there's nothing wrong with that. And for some reason, you know, there are people in the state who want to make you feel bad about the fact that you want to live in suburbia. There is nothing wrong with that. Nobody should feel guilty about the fact that they want to have a high quality of life. And when it comes to your town government, you know, cracking down on illegal housing, perhaps that one blighted house on your block that's bringing down values, or that house that's you know, overcrowded and potentially unsafe, that's the role of local government. We preserve the quality of life and raise the quality of life. And in Brookhaven, it's what we've done, and it's what we're going to continue to do. 
And uh, listen, you cannot mess with zoning laws here on Long Island because the people won't stand for it. I'll tell you that much. Dan Panicle, ladies and gentlemen, he is the nominee, GOP side of things regarding the uh, Brookhaven town uh, supervisor's post, and we will follow his trek all the way through. Cannot thank you enough, uh, Mr. Panico. Keep up the good work, okay? And we'll talk Thank you soon. very much, Jay.